0: morning 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 yes we're back with another episode another lovely rider today we have Samantha in the house and she's telling me she's a short film producer Aspiring to new things so Samantha nice to have you here today
1: hi lovely to be here
0: that's good so tell us what kind of person were you when you were in school and why the film business
1: hmm that's a good good one okay I feel like growing up I saw a lot of documentaries, and they changed the way I live my life and the way I thought. And I thought, wow, what a powerful platform. So it was more about telling stories and meeting like everyday heroes and finding connections than more so the film, but then I fell in love with like the cinematics of it all as well.
0: Okay. And what kind of person were you when you were in school?
1: What kind of person was I? I was quite curious and active. I got into everything. I tried to try everything and do everything. Um, I went to film school and I worked for PBS and ESPN and like C-SPAN. I just tried to get really involved in any film or TV I could.
0: ESPN is sports. Yes, Uh
1: I used to film the sports games on like the side of the field for football, like basketball. And I was like a young college girl with a bunch of like 50 year old roadies. And it was quite funny. Okay.
0: (laughs) So what did you learn during that experience? You've had quite an interesting experience with ESPN and PBS.
1: Yeah. What did I learn? Oh, I learned so much.
0: All right, put it this way. What did you learn that you wish you knew when you had started?
1: Oh, that's good. I guess I learned that I can do things my way and I can pave my own path and I don't have to follow ways that I've done before or conform in any way. That if I can just be myself, my authentic self, that will lead me where I need to go. So
0: was that at the start you felt pressure to conform?
1: I guess so. I feel like we we might all feel that way. You want to do well and you want to be accepted by like the tribe. And so, yeah, I think I think there was slight that, and you want to make money, and these don't make money, and starving artists. So you just like, no, I have to just uh, not make decisions out of fear, not give in to fear, and do what I believe in.
0: So you're working with guys who are 50 plus in the industry. They've been in there probably 20, 30 years <laughs> yes. at the very least.
1: Yes. How did you navigate that? That's a really good question. Yeah, it's definitely a boys' club, the film industry. and it was not from the usual way, bottom-up. I approached it.
0: What is, in, sorry, what is the usual way?
1: I guess starting on like a big film set as a PA, from the bottom, going up the hierarchy is kind of how they roll it out for you or position it for you. But okay. I think at first there was a lot of proving myself I felt like I had to do. Like, I remember, especially with the ESPN, games like the it was a 40 50 pound camera and like the men would put it down for breaks you know in between plays but I felt like I couldn't you know I had to prove myself so I'd like rip my arm and then I realized that like I don't know I think I just kept showing up and I think talent speaks for itself and kept putting myself in rooms and if they wasn't allowed or welcome in the room I would like make my own space in another it's kind of like build it and then they'll come to create your own
0: table
1: and they yeah your table exactly because exactly. they
0: know the skills that you
1: have yeah and I started working with people who wanted to like there's in the film world now I feel like there's a lot of like female teams and boys teams and I'm hoping to see in the future that we kind of cross over and collaborate but <laughs> right now we're making we're just making space at least for the girls to come in and
0: That's interesting when you say female teams and boys teams because what I've noticed um, recently and I was having this conversation with my barber is that there's kind of a war between the sexes going on. Yeah. And in the Western world, I would say. Yeah. It's not in the rest of the world from what I've seen. And it's quite sad. Yes. Because how can we be... (laughs) We need each other. Yeah. How can we get good at each other? I know. But in the same times, but in the working space, in your industry, would you find that... I'll give you an example. See like football.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When the women's football, as you call soccer was, league, was created here, the coaches who were managing the guys, some were assigned to manage the women, and they suddenly realized very quickly that you can't manage women the same way you manage men. Yes, exactly. So would you say in your industry, the of teams, like a women's team and a men's team, is that a bad thing?
1: No, I don't... I actually don't know if I totally agree because I think what they're trying to say there is with men, maybe you can do negative reinforcement. You can be a little rougher or harder on them. And I, I don't know if negative reinforcement ever really works in the end. Okay. I think that, like, the best combination is when women and men work together, that we need each other. It's okay. like the feminine and masculine qualities coming together. So and I think there's limitations with how the men have gone about it like if in that space like you managing them that way I feel like there's only so much you can do one of I feel like how I entered these spaces is because there's a very traditional way of approaching it with like the men team in film it's like you know you have the big crews and you come in and there's a big year and there's a process and I was able to kind of come in less gear, more nimble team, just me, not so intrusive, and this was still the same talent, and you can get more out of your subject. Either more, They're more... Um, Made
0: them talking more?
1: Yeah, you. They feel more safe, or it's not so like all this st- big crew around and big gear and these like not intuitive men. You know, like just doing their job. Like it's like you need that feminine touch. You need to make the cre- safe space, slow down, feel into it, hear them, create a vulnerable atmosphere. So I definitely think it needs both because. It is film, being on a film set is like going to war. <laughs> it's like, it's, you gotta go, you need soldiers, it like hurts, there's time. But you also need when you're there and you set it up and you got there, that's when it's time to like slow down and let the magic happen.
0: Keeping in mind, I don't know anything about the film business, but I, I'm just asking that would that depend on like the actors or whatever you're working with? So, so for instance, if you're doing a war film, Mm-hmm. and there was no, like, kind of wife-at-home scene, then maybe that kind of typical, I would call it traditional yeah. production way that, you know, obviously men have created over yes. time, Yes, that probably works. But if you're doing a Harry Met Sally, then you're definitely going to need the uh, love in touch.
1: Yes, yes. And every good film has it all. I feel like even in those war films, there's those moments where... It, it, it does it should have the feminine touch. And In a
0: war field? Yeah. Oh, I'm ex-military. I don't like any feminine things. <laughs> in a war film, in no, a no war field, leave my war films alone. That's like saying, having okay, you study. can someone you should can be, have your be a drive-by <laughs> or something.
1: <laughs> yeah. You can have yeah. your war um, films.
0: <laughs> your, your experience in uni, when you were studying, Mm-hmm. Did you do, like, what we call a sandwich degree, where you got work experience, like I did a year out, got work experience in the industry? Wait. Yes.
1: It was during it, though. I was in school while working at PBS and the Capital, C-SPAN, and ESPN.
0: Okay. Did um, PBS fund your, de- your degree? Your-
1: no, no. I graduated uh, with an A, so then my state fund my degree to stay in state. Florida has, like, I was... I'm from Miami, Florida, originally, and they have a program that if you graduate with a B or an A, they'll pay either 75 or 100 percent of your degree to stay in state. I think the smart kids always wanted to like leave Florida, but they wanted to keep them in, so they have this program. So, so you were blessed, Dave. You don't have some big. Yeah, I was blessed, yeah. and my parents as well. They had some foresight and had saved up for me a little bit, so I was really blessed because that's totally changes your start to life if you can have a little bit to yeah. yeah
0: and if you're informed about that yeah someone said, Samantha when you're like 10 years old if you study hard we won't be have to pay for your education yeah when you when it really matters yeah you know, that kind of
1: thing <laughs> I'm yeah. just grateful I listened because I didn't always listen <laughs> so <laughs> I'm glad it, it worked out so you're a free spirit yes okay. definitely nothing wrong with a free
0: spirit what about the course that you did how helpful was it and how could you improve it?
1: What was that one?
0: About the course, the degree that you did in film. Oh how helpful How helpful was it and how could you improve
1: it? Yeah I feel like um, it it was nice to get some technical you know teaching it really helped like getting your hands on to the resources and learning the gear and kind of some tricks of trade that was helpful but really I felt like when people asked me do they need to go to film school I feel like I walked into a building with four walls and they told me make me a film and then I walked out and did it so it's like I didn't really like they just told me to do it so if you could find that drive within you I don't really know if you need it there's so much you can learn online now and just by you learn by doing it you learn by getting in and getting involved but I was at my university, there was a s- school shooting. We have lots of those in the US and I did a documentary <laughs> on that because I tried passing legislation to allow kids to bring their guns to campus. And there's just like a lot of science on how like brandishing a weapon in I class see, so changes if, that dynamic.
0: Just to jump in there, you want kids to be able to bring their guns?
1: No, no, I, I showed both sides, but oh, I lean cool. towards that that's not the smartest idea.
0: That's an interesting debate, though. Yeah. You know why? Because I can understand why someone would say, listen, the situation has got ridiculous. So if everybody has a gun, then any nutter who wants to start shooting knows it's going to be indexed for them. <laughs> do you see what I mean? Because right now, if we try and take people's guns from them, that's not going to work. So do, do you see what I mean? Yeah. It is, there I is. I can see the logic in that argument, but at the same time... It's like, why can't we just not shoot each
1: other? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And
0: everybody else doesn't have this problem.
1: I know, if they could just help, like, our yeah. mental health, then, yeah. But I, I see your... I feel like there is a lot of guns in the system, so, yeah, I don't feel like we can take them all. I feel like small things we can... You know, more gun control. It's really sad for sensible gun owners, but I feel like, yeah, just a little bit more gun control and especially in school with younger kids I'm not sure about that because you're arming yeah. half the, yeah, pop, yeah. the half the school because it's only the older kids that could get it yeah. and um, it, you know a classroom is a place to like yeah. bring ideas in and have debates and challenge each other and learn yeah. and
0: actually I, I think I want to retract what I said I could be the good idea because I'm thinking of all the flaws
1: yeah <laughs> and, like there's, there's people thinking, drug use to, yeah, and, hang your coats
0: and your, car, your yeah. guns on the, yeah. <laughs> on the wall do <laughs> you see know what I mean it's like yeah. how does that work
1: you yeah know? I think it would change the dynamic of the yeah. classroom yeah just because when a weapon is around it, it changes everything
0: miss you gave me an A exactly Bang. yeah <laughs> I yeah. wanted a sorry
1: I wanted a you
0: gave me a B I wanted an A which we
1: hear we hear a lot actually in the US yeah. really yeah people lose over that when I was doing the documentary there was a shooting of a student shooting a teacher over a grain really yeah so was, that was the probability <laughs> like while we we're doing nothing it, nothing. it the it would next happen. thing the, the teacher's gonna have to have that bulletproof
0: glass behind in front of their desk yeah
1: yeah and exactly you'll
0: be accepting your homework through a, the, <laughs> through a slip oh, through goodness. a goodness <laughs> a bulletproof box uh what
1: is the world <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's not the world that's america man don't i know don't yes know it yes
1: <laughs> Okay, that's, that must have, so that was your
0: first documentary?
1: That was my first documentary. And what was
0: your overall findings on that? And where can we find that documentary? Is it online, on YouTube? Yeah, it's
1: on, I think PBS still holds it. It is online. Is it cool? It was, it won a couple film festivals and um, it toured on college campuses to educate kids. So it was like a cool thing to have it, have it pretty successful for my first attempt mm. at telling such a controversial mm. story
0: where can people find you on social media
1: um i'm at sam h hunter but i have my company my production company is source films it's at source films and yeah we're on um ig and vimeo and the website is
0: i know your stuff will be
1: on there Yes, oh, I do.
0: That's great. I'm going to have to have a gander to that. So that documentary sounds very interesting. Yeah. So when you say Source Films, can you spell it just to make sure it? your yes. listeners?
1: It's S-O-U-R-C-E-S, Films, Source, like from the source.
0: And it's all one word? All one word. Okay. That's good. So what was your second documentary? And and, and also, how did you find working with PBS? Like. i actually
1: i was that's a good question too i was shooting an espn game and i was the colored camera which means like you go around and get like the colorful shots like you don't have to film the game that one it was like get some of the flag or get some of the environment or the the crowd and so that was like more of a fun one um and i think I, i wanted to have fun with it and my producer who like calls the camera they'll be like camera one okay take camera two take and they like you find your shot and they see if they like it and then they will take you he was I was filming and during the game he was like who's on camera three and he like wanted to know because I guess I was I was like running around I was like really like having fun with it and I was like oh it's me and then afterwards he was like he offered me a job he was like I loved your energy. your energy and your effort and so then i was able to go
0: were you nervous when he said who's
1: on camera free? yeah i was like did i do something wrong <laughs> I it was so funny. yeah somebody yeah
0: but that's good though that's that's really good i'm happy for you
1: yeah yeah it was good it was it was good until i remember one of the games they told me for the kiss cam i couldn't show what's a kiss cam like a kiss cam during the game like they'll do like a couple kissing on camera it's like oh like
0: the American yeah uh, yeah yeah Yeah, yeah.
1: exactly they told me I couldn't show a homosexual couple okay and so I decided to like rebel rebel (laughs) I like I found yep (laughs) (laughs) right after they were like I got them on and they kissed and then afterwards they like never went back to me and uh they were like we can't trust you but i was you, happy you, to you, break the norm it was uh, did you regret doing that no because i was about to graduate and leave and head out to la so it's one of my last games anyway and um the director said no homosexuals and then my producer like was a lesbian so i was like oh no i'm gonna do this for her
0: and what did she say no
1: yeah she loved it <laughs> she was so happy it was it was i went out with a bang i suppose in that
0: case it may be a about business what the what the majority wants yeah you I mean? yeah so exactly in finance you know we got families children blah 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 and all this kind of thing yes no, yes that's the, that's the
1: i way. just feel like i'm a creator who puts like people first okay. than business but it's it's very difficult when you're growing a business to do that but yeah can they don't you, like each other
0: can you tell us what is it your official title and what do, what is your actual role?
1: I'm a director of photographer, so I direct the camera, the light, the angles. Um, I work really closely with the director who is directing the story and the message. And uh, yeah, I love to be on camera though. I, I'm a DP that gets dirty.
0: Oh, oh to, to direct our oh, DP, director photographer, yes, yeah. down and dirty. Yeah, see then. So yeah, see so, you know. If, Okay, that's that's interesting. So, what's um who who motivates you? Who do you look at as a DP, and you think you know? Oh,
1: that's such a good question. Um,
0: and just to throw another one in the mix there, if you could work with anybody, actor, director, who would it be as well?
1: Yeah. So I got into documentary because of the me- the powerful platform. So one of the directors I would love to work with is Louis Fiosos. Um, he's done like the Cove and racing extinction. He's done like climate change documentaries. Ooh, sorry, that's my alarm. That I, that are really informational and amazing and kind of like heist, uh, which is fun. They kind of go in undercover and get the story. And that's very much my jam. Um, yeah I I mean in the more narrative sense I love like Terrence Malick I love his camera wandering camera movement Um, there's so many and and were those
0: the people who motivated you to get into your position
1: yeah I guess my father gave me my first camera and he was a helicopter pilot that did a lot of um, filming as well because of like the aerial filming and I wanted to go into aerial photography to like specialize in it. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, he supported me and I think some of my college professors really supported me and um, well, I think me. <laughs> okay,
0: that's good. When it comes to cameras, yeah. Um, I heard that there was like a james bond movie there's a fight on the scene on the train some time ago but it's all done by drone
1: oh yeah
0: use drones now
1: i do i do they're you're an
0: expert flyer then?
1: yes i know how to fly drones they're a great tool they're a very helpful tool the the
0: batteries don't last long do they it's like half an hour
1: yeah no they have to some of them are better than others but i think the technology is still improving
0: what would you say to your 16-year-old self?
1: I'm so proud of you. <laughs> um, and uh, have fun. Continue to have fun and not take things so seriously. And uh, drink water. <laughs> to a young
0: person, let's say a young, a female like yourself. Yes. Who wants to go down the route you've gone. What would be your advice? Do they need a degree? Do they need to just do work experience? What would be your words of wisdom?
1: My words of wisdom would be really just to create from the heart. Really do it because you love it. Like, whatever you love, just do it. Like, like I think the hardest thing is to find what you want to do. And I don't even know if it's that hard. I think we all really know it's just scary to actually do it. And we think, like, oh, no, we have to do something else that's... We're always scared of our dreams, but what scares you the most, and what you want to do the most, just break it down and do it. Like, it—you are a creator, and you can create that reality. And it's—it's it's like probability. Anything you work on, spend time on, put yourself around, you will develop, and it will happen.
0: What does the future hold for you? That's a good one. That's a
1: good one. I am ready. Probably to... i have been a DP for a long time, helping people bring their ideas to life and i do feel like i have my own voice that i'm ready to step into directing maybe even acting i think i built myself out in being behind the camera and my production company and it's like my first love forever but being a multi-dimensional human i don't i want to experience different art forms and I want to try different things. I've told myself, like, oh, I'm not a musician, you know, I'm not this, I'm not a painter. And I'm like, well, wait, like, why? I can be, like, it's all about your, your self-talk. And so I'm championing myself to do, to go into, like, uncomfortable territory.
0: You made your first film about the school shooting. Yes. Is there a big difference in cost from when you made your first film to when you made your films today? A big
1: cost in...
0: Like the running costs. The yes, system. yes,
1: it's definitely increased. I remember just being with that one, I, there was no, it was that, that was all blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and they, still, they still are, but yes, thank exactly. goodness.
0: You running around with your, your Canon SLR. Yeah, exactly, a, 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 a like Rebel. IPhone.
1: Yeah, you, exactly. So you do, you,
0: yeah, you mentioned you do sound recordings as well. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's
1: good. My second documentary was about, I lived in Bangladesh for two months. Bangladesh? Yeah. okay. Because their climate is very similar to my hometown's climate, Miami, Florida. And their footprint is like negligible compared to ours. And they, because of where they're positioned in the world, on the river delta, they were experiencing like um, massive climate change. And our country really, like America doesn't, half of us don't even believe in it. So I felt like we had a lot to learn from like, the resilient people of Bangladesh who were facing it on the forefront every day. And um, also try to build like solidarity between the global north and global south because um, in America they tend to just teach like American history and false American history. And, false American Yeah, so it's like I was trying to expand that kind of perspective. And that was a beautiful experience. I love that. Love that country. My heart is there.
0: That's good. Yeah. You traveled a lot. You've done a lot of things. You sound like a very interesting lady. Thank you. It's been a great interview. Thank you. This is so great. Before we go, what do you think of London?
1: Oh, I love London. It's so much better than New York. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I love it here. It's so beautiful. People are so nice. Such great food. I wish I had a little bit more time this trip, but. I'm here now, so I'll I'll come back.
0: My last last couple of questions is, what can London learn from New York or America, and what can America learn from London?
1: Wow, that's a good one. (laughs) What can, well, the US can adopt the towel heaters. That's like, I don't know why we don't do that. That's so (laughs) genius. (laughs) I feel like we can learn a lot. Uh, American can learn a lot from London. And just like the UK, like Europe in general. Because this, I just feel people have more of a work to live mentality here, even though I know it's still very, we're all very still capitalistic. I, I still feel like they have a little bit more family value, social value. And London from, what can London learn from New York or America? That one's hard. What can we learn?
0: I, I have one, but I'm not sure if you'd agree. What is it? I think we need to be more innovative. We've lost that from the industrial age, and ah. you guys are way ahead. You're good at marketing, good at sales, good at all those things. Would you what would you say to that?
1: I mean, I, I initially understand, but I'm trying to. I'm actually trying to redefine my definition of success and I'm not really sure if it's like surplus and maximum and grow out and it might be more, especially because of um, just like the state of the world that might be more like resourceful and living in alignment with nature and our rhythm and might be like going back to our roots and getting connected and knowing where things are from and not being so disconnected from the natural world
0: there is an official I believe official definition of success which is you find something that you love to do um, and get paid for it
1: yeah and just enough like if you love to do it and you have the means and you're happy like if it's based on a number like numbers are infinite and that will be never ending Mm -hmm. so it is like one is enough enough Mm -hmm. yeah I love that definition
0: okay that's good well remind people where you can find where we can find you before we go
1: I guess Instagram is the, the place right to be now so it's uh, at Sam H Hunter and at Source Films okay well thanks a lot for that and we wish you well thank you you're so great you have amazing questions <laughs> this was so fun
0: we hope that episode enhanced your life we post an interview every day as well as vlogging on our social media channels don't forget to subscribe to get our latest episodes.